the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built for tough. Training Camp 2023 is on the air. Thanks to Ting Internet. If you live in Centennial, make Ting your Lightspeed Internet provider for as low as $89 a month. Go to ting.com slash centennial for more information. All right, we're here. We are here. Ah, we are here. And we are chopping it up all things Broncos. Sean Payton was at the podium yesterday, and he was talking uh, about all things Broncos, and we're dialing up that audio today and reacting to it. Um... Greg Dulcich, a guy who was one of the bright spots on the offense last year. W- would you say that, O? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, Russell, he only played in 10 games. Uh, he caught some balls. He, he showed some on-field awareness, some some good hands, some good a feel for the zone, um, some good instincts in the passing game, but he's got to get better in the running game. We did that virtually no OTAs, no training camp as right. well last year. Yep, injured, and that's a good point. He was injured pretty much all off season last year, and then he got in in the middle of the season. So he didn't really get to work on his craft during this time, which is really important time for a for a tight end to kind of cut his teeth in the running game. You see Adam Troutman out there making plays. Why isn't Greg Dulcich out there making plays? Well, uh, Sean Payton was asked about Greg Dulcich and, and what the plan for him might be. Here he is. We're not into yet specific game plan plays that would involve um, certain players. He, he's one of those guys that will have packages that are designed. It doesn't mean he gets it, but he, he'd be certainly a primary. So we're we're still in installation. Today, you know, we're installing another group of third down plays, another group of red zone plays. So we've already done red zone third down, but not the whole package. So today they got a little bit more red zone, a little bit more third down, and then as we get closer to the season, you'll see us customize a little bit more. So they're going to have to develop a special package for Greg Dulcich. Is that a good sign for him or a bad sign? I think it's a good sign because Greg Dulcich brings a unique skill set out there, Nate. I, I know what the knock is on Dulcich, and that's the run game, but I do believe even if he becomes a great run blocker, you still want to have a specific package for him. Like if I'm Sean Payton, I want you know 15 plays up there on my call sheet. Uh, Greg Dolch is, is the primary read because he should be able to create mismatches, whether it's a linebacker on him, a nickelback on him, or or a DB on him. In my opinion. Yeah, we're out there, you know, watching practice. We don't get a lot of eyes on it, but when I have been there and, and I'm watching him, he he's just not a very good blocker. He's not throwing himself into the fire. You have to shoot off, make some contact, at least make the guy feel you a little bit. And he's he's catching him. Yeah, a little and, bit. And not only does he catch him, he's just constantly in that sprinter stance, right? Yeah. Where that narrow base, getting up on your toes, trying to strain to to drive somebody backwards, where he has to be in that sumo position, you know, where you're kind of duck walking out of there and those legs are, you know, your whole entire feet is getting into the ground in order to control a block. Because when you get in that sprinter stance, you get tossed off. Or if a guy, you know, goes to disengage now, that's when the holding calls come as well. Yeah, Blake was was trying to school me up during uh, the break and say, hey, man, well, what about Tony Scheffler? Tony Scheffler was a pass-receiving tight end. He had certain packages for him, and Shanahan liked to use him in that certain way. So why couldn't that be that way for Greg Dulcich? Did I I get that correct, Blake? No, yeah, say it. 
Yes, sir. All right, I just want to hear your voice. So, so I played with Tony Scheffler, and and I think Tony, as as skilled as he was as a pass receiver, left a lot on the table as far as his potential because of his deficiencies as a run blocker. He got better as he went along, but you know he was only here for a couple years with Shanahan. Then Shanahan left, and Tony went on to the play for the Detroit Lions. He was a really good player, but it limits what you can do front side when you put him on the front side. Greg Dulcich has to be a believable blocker in order to get open, coming across the middle like you see Adam Troutman doing. You see Adam Troutman making plays out there. Why? Because he's a believable blocker, and so when it's a run fake and it's a keeper, he's coming wide open. You only have that ability if you are the front side blocker on a keeper. And so if you're never that guy, and if the defense sees you come out and put your hand in the dirt and they know it's not coming to that side, or they know if it does, it's not a real run and you're going to fake it, you're going to be covered and it's going to really affect that run action, that keeper game. That's why Greg Dulcich has to improve as a run blocker or else he's just not going to reach his ceiling. And I think that's what we're talking about, how to, how to get these guys to maximize their potential, not to fit them in a niche where it's just a special package where they can go out there, but a guy who can be an every-down tight end. Do you think that's the goal of this team, to make Greg Dulcich and every down tight end eventually? I think that's the goal with every single person because if you have a guy that he can be at every down tight end for you, he could be on the front side, he could be on the back side of runs, but also he's going to be out there in crucial passing situations, third and long situations, and can expose the defense. You're in a better position, absolutely, as a football team. So that's the ultimate goal. But some guy's body is just not able to do it. You know, um, when you look at a guy like Julius Thomas, Julius was just not able to do it. Where, like, Virgil was the blocking tight end, and Virgil could do things in, in the passing game, but Julius was so much more athletic, Virgil got passed up. So my question to you would be, Nate, is do you believe that Sean Payton and his offensive coaching staff is created a book? creative enough to get by with the great dosage to scheme it up and design it where now it's adam troutman and, and the run game with him and you know versus a passing situation now and having greg dosage because although you want everybody to be this complete player unfortunately when you get to the nfl guys are not complete players some guys body type is just completely different look at zach street right that's out there as the offensive line coach his body type completely different from a lot of offensive linemen's body types and his ability as well but yet he played a ton of football in this league right so you look at these different things and yeah you want guys to be complete but at the same time coaches got to be able to use what they have with certain guys and certain guys just understand that that's all you're going to get this is as great as it's going to get so you believe that greg dolces still has a lot left you think he could get this thing done. I do. Okay. Because so, how does he get it done? He needs a coach who stays on him, and he needs it's. It's going to be a slow. I mean, it's going to take a couple of years for him to come around and become this guy. But he can become that guy. He can. Uh, it's with the right coaching, the right attitude, and um, this scheme does help. Of course, you know. You think about Jimmy Graham under Sean Page. He wasn't an inline blocker. He wasn't doing a lot of that, but he broke the tight end record for yards in a season under Sean Payton. So if you if he sees you as talented enough to warrant that type of game plan for you, he's going to do that. But is Greg Dulcich as talented a pass receiver as Jimmy Graham? No. No, um, right? So it's like... Different skill set. Right. So S- Similar skill set, but still there's enough difference yeah. in that. And Jimmy just was had a talent level where you wanted to be able to expose teams. And, and so will John Payton look at Greg Dulcich the, the same way? Because I'm sure that if Jimmy had, say, 30 plays on that call sheet, Greg Dulcich is good enough to get half of those. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's the, in the moment of truth, who are you going to want to, you know, you're going to want to throw it to Greg Dulcich, or are you going to want to hit Jerry Judy, or are you going to want to go with Cortland Sutton? I know a lot of it is based on the defense and personnel and what you're seeing from them, but it's also, you know, where do you put Greg Dulcich's talent in the hierarchy of your other skill position players? And in these moments where you need a big catch, are you looking to him or are you looking elsewhere? And I think that's gonna got to develop. Um, Sean Payton doesn't know Greg Dulcich like that yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um but look at me. Do I look like uh, the the body of a tight end blocker? Do you look like? Do I the look like I have? Because you were talking about Julius Thomas and some guys just not having the body to do it. No, I'm, some guys just don't have the skill set. Right. Not, not, but you yeah. can develop it. Is what is what yeah. I'm saying. It's like it's a want to thing. Yeah. You got to commit yourself to it. You, we were talking about that during the break. Stepping out on the field every day. Greg Dulcich should, should be thinking, I'm a road grading offensive lineman. I'm going to destroy the D line today and make the linebackers my, you know what? Like, can you really do that though in training camp? I think that it should have been the mindset all off season, all OTAs. Like if like that's how I would have approached it if I was Greg Dolces. But when you get to training camp, you're still trying to impress this coaching staff, right? Yeah, yeah. But so, you impress like, them by making blocks. They know you can catch passes. They know you can run. They know you got great hair and a cool mustache, and your thighs look good when you pull your shorts up. They've seen that guy. But at the same time, what I'm saying though, Nate, is that at some point it's like, hey, you know what? I got to make this dang team. Yeah, that's true. I got to show these coaches what I could do. Yeah. Right? I remember my rookie year coming out here going against Von Miller, Elvis Duvenville, Robert Harris, and just, it was a nightmare in the passing game, playing on the right side. Never played on the right side before in my life, learning how to switch my hands and what hands I need to punch first. But guess what? When they called a run play, I said, I'm going to dog this person that's in front of me. Because Don't hurt me. Don't that's hurt what me. I could do. Don't hurt I me. I know I could do that. I'm so sorry. These coaches, sorry, when they sir. watch this film, and about 30 minutes after leaving the practice they're going to be like, hey, 74, big old Frank, he stood out in that run game. You see what he did to this nine-year vet right here? You see what he's doing to Vaughn in the run game right here? I'm going to take these guys for a ride, baby. So in that regard, he does have to make some plays in the passing game. Yes. And more so. And we saw zero in that preseason game, that first game. So the pressure is on Greg Dulcich this week against the 49ers. Who else has that pressure on him? in this preseason game, and, and what does John, Sean Payton hope to learn from these players in these next two preseason games? We'll have that discussion next. Oh, also, sorry, we're here live from Trading Camp 2023 in their DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Randy Ross Tennis Center. That's right. Thank you, Randy Ross. All right, Sean Payton's going to tell us about the importance of the first couple preseason games for young players trying to make the team. That's next. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built Ford Tough. Guys, I know you've heard the news of what's going on in Hawaii. It's been a heartbreaking week to watch the news coming out of Maui. Unfortunately, here in Colorado, we're all too familiar with the damage of wildfires. Our company, Bonneville, has launched a fundraiser to help the people of Maui. Head to denversports.com, and at the top of the page, you'll see a link to the Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund. 100% of those donations will go to the Hawaii Community Foundation serving Maui. Again, that's the Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund at denversports.com. All right. A lot of people think that preseason games don't matter. No big deal. Obviously, the the results don't affect the standings or a team's ability to make the preseason. Or I'm sorry, the postseason. Um, yeah, hee hee. Um, 
That said, the Baltimore Ravens have won, what is it, 24 straight preseason games, though. Yeah. Is that impressive to you? No. No? Not at all. Not at all. Preseason. Yeah. How does that transition, though, during the season? Well, they're a pretty good regular season game team, too. Hey, they have been good, but then what happens? Last couple of years, Lamar's got banged up, early playoff exit. Um, I think there are things that you could watch on preseason to see if a team is ready, but I don't think wins or losses are that important. Um, maybe if you're another team, maybe you look at those wins and losses. A lot of these, like the backups have to go out there and win the football game. You're cutting a lot of these guys. Mm. So I think it helps our league in the National Football League and other teams are able to get better when they look at a team like Baltimore and say, oh, okay, they've won all these preseason games and they're going to have to cut some guys. You know, it's like what John Payton is talking about in the kicker situation, that there's seven battles going on. Some good guys will end up on the outside looking in when it's all said and done. And you might look to a team like Baltimore knowing that they have have this preseason streak going to where you might pick up a flyer on, a, on the back end of a roster. Mm. Okay, so conversely, were you concerned at all that the Broncos couldn't find a way to win that game in Arizona? That they, they didn't have the, the chuts, but to get it done at the end there? Um, No. Um, for me, I, I think that the game of football is won once the season starts. Um, you know, when I'm watching back like I'm watching the other night in the third and fourth quarter I'm watching like the twos and then the threes go in I'm looking for like who's going to make this team like who's standing out who's just absolutely dominating because it's actually easier in my opinion when you watch the threes just to get a grasp on who's going to make your football team you know as a fan because you can cut that film on and that guy should jump off off the tape Mm -hmm. he should be just dominating the person in front of him because most likely the person in front of him is going to be on the couch in two weeks well, here's Sean Payne talking about the importance of the first couple of preseason games for young players trying to make the team. To your point right there, Earl. Good question. I think a lot. You know, they, they play their first game. We make the corrections and we're like, hey, I said we're in a little bit of a race, especially for those players. We got to see that improvement now week two. And a lot of times it's in the kicking game. So there is a sense of urgency for those players. Yeah, sense of urgency. You hear that a lot from coaches. Um I've been that player trying to make an impression in the preseason, stuck back in the depth chart and really counting on these games to go out there and, and ball out. And when you look at this 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 roster right now, there's 90 guys. There's only going to be 53 guys on the team. The, the front end of that roster, you pretty much know exactly who that's going to be. You know who your starters are on offense, right? Yeah. You know who your starters are on defense. What you don't know about is your depth. And the guys who are going to make this team and then suit up on game day on the back end of that, be special teams players, and, and potentially move into a starting role if you have an injury. So what are some, like, let's talk about the offensive line. Like, how many offensive linemen do they end up keeping on a, on a, on a 53-man roster typically? Um, uh, I've been on teams where there have been eight, and that's kind of light, and you're, you're really stressed out as something happens. But then I've also been on teams where there are nine. Because with eight, all it kind of takes is... You know, one injury, and then you got to go bring in a guy, right? Uh, with nine, you're able to protect more guys, and you're able to have multiple guys that do multiple things. So, you know, you might be able to develop somebody else out there. So, I think the comfortable and sweet spot in the National Football League is to kind of keep nine guys on that active roster, and maybe just activate eight on game day. Well, they got 16 right now. Yeah. And you were pretty critical uh, earlier in the show of the effort and the, the job that those guys did. Uh, we've had some injuries. Mike McGlinchey, 
um, not out there. It's some opportunities for some young guys to go in there, but. You know, I, I heard you talking about Isaiah Prince, for example. Yeah. There's a good name who, you know, he might be on the bubble not making the team. Right now he's third on the depth chart at right tackle behind Cam Fleming, who's your swing tackle. Um, for guys like Isaiah Prince, what can they do in the next couple of games to prove that they belong on this team? Keep doing what you're doing, baby, because I know he's third on the depth chart, but he's number one in our hearts. Because guess what? Who got to start last week? Yeah. Isaiah Prince. Jump Cam Fleming. So he's getting the opportunities to wow this coaching staff. Mm. He's over there. You know, these guys do one-on-ones. And I thought that the last practice I was at, he had a heck of a day in one-on-ones. But then he transitioned to team periods. And I watched him flat back Randy Gregory. And I watched him run to that right side and rely on a young guy that, not a young guy, but a guy that's very kind of right behind the ears that just got here with Sean Payton and his coaching staff. And he was able to get it done. Remember, last year, Cam Fleming played a lot of games, a lot of time, beside Quinn Miners. This year, though, for whatever reason, when, you know, Mike McGinnis got hurt, it wasn't Cam Fleming that just bumped into a natural transition. These guys have played a lot together. They gave the, the nod to the young fella in Isaiah Prince. So I think that the young man just needs to keep on doing what he's doing, and he has a great opportunity to make this football team and probably become the swing tackle for this football team. I love it. And he's going to get his chances. These next two games, you're going to get a lot of run, especially the third game. Looks like Sean Payton's not going to play the starters. That means these guys who are trying to make the team are going to get to play the whole game. They're also going to get to play special teams as well. I remember being that dude who's playing almost every play on offense and all the special teams. That was brutal. Um, but Simmons are not out at practice. So uh, precautionary for those, especially Justin Simmons dealing with that groin. Yeah, pump the brakes on Justin Simmons. Let him get back to form. This guy has been in midseason form. Since the beginning of training camp, right? Mm-hmm. You probably want to uh, 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 let him come along slow, right? Yeah, it's not a guy that you got to worry about. Uh, trust his, let him trust his body. I think Justice Simmons is not like a Isaiah Prince or not like a, a Marlon Mims Jr. That's who's that rookie where now you're trying to figure things out. Like if Justin wakes up and tells you, yeah, I'm ready to go, you, you say, okay, let's go, Justin. And if he wakes up and says, hey, you know what, I'm not ready to go, you trust that as well. But ultimately, you always want to get him evaluated by your training staff. That's why the NFL makes so much money. That's why these staffs are so big. That's why that training staff has multiple people on that training staff. And that's to make sure when a guy that's making millions of dollars for you uh, gets dinged up, that when he shows up, on, you know, in early in the morning and goes to treatment and, you know, he has that honest conversation with the training staff and you test him out, you're able to make a good decision on him whether he practices or doesn't practice that day. Yeah, other positions, other players that we have to see something out of preseason or else they're not going to make this team any any wide receiver not named Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, those guys have to show out, in my opinion. Even Marvin Mims Jr., are you going to be ready to go? Any running back not named Javante Williams or Samaje P. Ryan. Um, any quarterback not named Russell Wilson. I actually believe there might be a quarterback competition going on for who the backup should be. Mm. I actually like Ben DiNucci better than Jarrett Stidham. Mm. Are, you gonna able, are you able to prove that, Ben DiNucci, in the next couple of games, that you are better and more suited to be the backup than Jarrett Stidham. And uh, defensively, you know, any linebackers 
not in the starting rotation. You, you're, the bulk of your special teams players come from defense, typically. They're your DBs. They're your linebackers. Those guys know how to tackle. So those guys have to prove themselves on the back end of that, and we're going to keep our eyes open. Sure, it doesn't count in the standings, but it matters for who this team is actually going to be going forward. All right, guys. Um, where are we here? Oh, yeah, we're here live. That's where we are. We are here. We're live from Training Camp 2023, the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction, commercial general contractors, contractors specializing in tenant improvement, design build projects for over three decades. That's Con, K-A-H-N, Construction.com. All right, Jamal Murray of the Denver Nuggets, the world champion Denver Nuggets, will not play for Canada in the FIBA Basketball World Cup. Also, Robert Sala going viral for a clip ripping into his offensive line. We'll do that and more in the morning mixtape. Next. The Players Club welcomes you into the morning mixtape with a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Orlando, Chad, and Nate. Jamal Murray, guys. One of the best basketball players on planet Earth and your Denver Nuggets world champion is not going to play for Canada in the FIBA Basketball World Cup. Quote from Jamal on deciding to opt out. Quote, when I came into training camp, I wanted to see how my body would respond after a long and demanding season and if I would be physically able to compete at the highest level required for the World Cup. In consultation with the medical staff and the team, it is clear the additional recovery is required and I've made... The difficult decision to not participate in the tournament. It's still a dream of mine to represent Canada at the Olympics, and I will support the team every step of the way as they pursue the goal. Oh, as a Nuggets fan and as a Canadian, how do you feel about this? Standing ovation, Jamal Murray. Standing ovation. Uh, I think this is the right decision, Nate. Yeah. It took him 550 days to play basketball again after tearing that ACL. And then when he came back, he had a long, grueling season, right? The longest season of his entire career, yeah. might you. I might add as well. So I think that Jamal is doing the right thing, opting out of this thing. And, you, you know, you got a big target on your back. You're going to get every team's best shot once the NBA starts here in a couple months. So why the heck risk, you know, the fact of injury, but also soreness or fatigue and not be ready for another 82 games, plus the postseason next year that the Nuggets are expected to have? I'm with you 100% on that. It had to be difficult for him to do that, too. You know, like, you want to represent your country in a, in a situation like that? Like, imagine in his mind, it's like, oh, I'm going to win the, you know, I'm going to win the NBA uh, Finals finals championship, then I'm going to go win it for my country. And it's just like storybook stuff, right? But he's listening to his body. It's a very mature decision by Jamal Murray. And uh, great news for Nuggets fans. I couldn't even imagine making a decision like this. So being a Canadian, you get drafted no matter what in the CFL. Right, so everybody knew that I was going to play in the NFL, but I was still drafted to Etobicoke when I'm um, to sorry, no Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton drafted me in like the fifth round of the draft when I came out in 2011. Were you like BS? Why am I going in the fifth round? Well, they're not going to waste a high draft pick on you knowing that you're going to play in the NFL. What right? they... So they draft you because they own your rights. So if you ever decide right. that you want to play in CFL, that you have to play for that team. Would it be effective if they just drafted you number one overall and, and told you they'd give you a big like? Absolutely not. The money is nowhere even near the same. I would have never even considered that. But what I was considering, I was I wanted to play 10 years in the league and then go play, you know, mess around here. 
in the, in the CFL. Yeah. It's a little bit easier. Like they, line up like, over here. <laughs> they line up a yard of, off the ball, right? So it should be easier to block some of these DNs. It, it's not like this hat, like this physical battle that you have to endure in the NFL. So this was when I was walking away from football, I was still considering maybe going to play a year in the CFL after I cut my career short in the NFL, only playing seven years. Mm. But yet it was still a hard decision of mine playing for the CFL. So I can't even imagine Jamal Murray with this being able to represent a whole entire country and making this decision that he just made. Love it. Hit it, Johnny. All right, Robert Sala, head coach of the New York Jets, going viral for a clip ripping into his offensive line. For Broncos country, the message Sala delivers might sound all too familiar. It was our first opportunity to change the stink that's been in this organization for a very long time on the offensive side of the ball. You can have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You can have two $10 million plus receivers. You can have a reigning offensive rookie of the year. You can have all kinds of skill in the running back room. None of it matters until the big boys up front change who the we are. We as coaches, we as an organization can't want it more than you. And I'm watching that tape all night last night trying to find something to show that we're changing and it didn't show and it was our first op and i'd love to say we got another practice but you know what it's like sunday you don't get monday morning to go redo it's getting your mind right to represent who the you are every single time you are on the field we'll fix some footwork we'll fix all that but you can't fix until we know you're giving everything you got making it hurt straining and fighting for everything you got because we will go as you go we proved last year that we're a 7 and 10 football team with a really good defense and a mediocre offense that's that's about what we proved but that we don't get any more second chances a lot of naughty words there by coach sala but uh hidden hidden home here clearly based on the, the comments you had earlier about the same issues Absolutely. So is this just an early training camp, like early preseason uh, issue? Um, You know, when a coach goes out there and rips into the entire offensive line, it's a culture issue, in my opinion. Uh, You only go as far as your big boys. Just because Aaron Rodgers is there, he's not just a savior. You got to love the physicality of it. You got to want to be the enforcer. You got to want to be the protector. You know, when Peyton got here, Peyton's an unbelievable talent. And, you know, what he's able to do from the neck up is unbelievable. And not a lot of people can do it. What he could do with his right arm and throwing the football is just absolutely surgical. But at the same time, you can't just roll out a mediocre offensive line out there in front of him and think that that's going to get it done. We were a young, talented football team, right? You had me at the right tackle, second-round draft pick. Right guard, Chris Cooper. You're going in year seven in in the league, but played a lot of football. J.D. Walton third-round draft pick, had a nastiness to him unlike any other. Zane Beadle, second-round draft pick. Mount Clady, first-round draft pick. So you still have to invest in those big boys up front. And the big boys up front, it's what do you want to do? Like, how far do you want this thing to go? Because the Jets, you know, I know that nobody wants to hear this, especially here in Broncos country. That football team has st- can stack it up and win a lot of football games mm. and like make it to championship weekend just like that like wow. stamp on your fingers if wow. those offensive line make up their mind because the defensive line they already have the right mindset the defense has the right mindset everybody around on the offense has the right mindset but those big boys got to make up their mind and say hey we're going to be the enforcer we're going to bring this physicality each and every day and we're going to take this team as far as we want to take them and they haven't been doing that for the last couple decades out there with the Jets so I understand Robert Sala's folk pain because you don't want to trade for Aaron Rodgers and now go stink, lay, a, lay an egg. You don't definitely don't want to do that. And you're on hard knocks too, baby. Everybody's watching. 
Yeah, these guys got a beep. If they beep, beep. If they don't beep, they're going to beep, beep, beep. Hit it, Johnny. All right, blindside drama. I know you've heard this story, but Michael Oher. Or Oher. Oher. Or. 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 And it is another difficult name to pronounce. Is suing the Tuoi? Tuhoi? Tuoi family? Tuoi! Tuoi. Have you never watched The Blindside? No, I know. You're like, I get those offensive linemen. They don't deserve I'm not wasting. I'm not spending 11 bucks to watch this. No, synchronized sumo wrestling? No, man. I'm, I'm into the ball. Can't do it. No, Michael is suing the Tuoi family for $15 million, though, after saying he hasn't received anything from the 2009 movie The Blindside. Can you believe this is going on? Oh, that blows my mind that, that he hasn't profited at all about that movie. Um, I think there are two people that made offensive linemen look cool. Big Trent Williams is playing for the San Francisco 49ers. He brought that swag. And Michael Orr, watching mm-hmm. that movie was like, whoa, like I could do this and they're making movies out of this thing and I could play offensive line. And, and I think two guys single-handedly made offensive linemen that position just absolutely amazing and really changed the mindset of certain people and it really blew my mind when a couple days ago seeing this come out that he didn't profit at all and that the family that had adopted him they saw everything and to me it's like you're well off you always have been well off so even if you are profiting from this why are you not looking out for your son right you adopted him so why don't you look out for your child and I mean, he, he, Michael Laura only got an opportunity to make money for a certain period of time. I'm sure this family has, you know, different businesses and different things like that that have been making money for years and will continue to make money. So um, it's just a slap in the face. It's an unfortunate situation. And, and hopefully, you know, this situation is able to get rectified and it doesn't get dragged out into a long legal battle. Yeah, Michael Orr probably made some decent money playing football, but um, folks feel like they can take advantage of former and current players and that they don't need the money. And so why get it? Why let them in on this stuff? They think they'll work for free. They can use their name, image, and likeness for free. They can jump on their backs and ride them to pay dirt, but they can't break them off what they deserve. So hopefully uh, this gets rectified and Michael Orr gets what he deserves. Guys, our broadcast from Training Camp 2023 is powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough. It's to our right right now. It's powering this whole operation. Well, Rock and Roll Brian also powering this operation. Thank you, Rock and Roll Brian, and thank you for the Ford F-150 Lightning. All right, um, a lot has been made about this, the splitting up of reps, the 12-play period, the fact that the quarterbacks are getting 4-4-4. Four, four, and four. Some folks, including some of the former players on these airwaves, believe Russell should be getting the lion's share of the reps. Sean Payton thinks differently. We'll hear from him next. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. That's right, we are players and we're playing just to play like Too Short is telling you right now with his beat. I guess the lyrics are not present in this song. So he's not telling us anything. But if you know the song, you know. And if you know Sean Payton, you know he's got a plan. All right? And the plan right now during training camp is to give, in a 12-play period, four reps to the ones, four reps to the twos, four reps to the threes. Oh, and 
Some folks don't believe that should be the case. Russell Wilson should be getting more reps. Russell Wilson needs to get ready. Russell Wilson needs to get uh, this offense down. Russell Wilson needs to n- knock the rust off. Maybe 6-4-2, maybe 8-2-2, whatever makes sense, but it has to be more reps for Russell. Where do you land on this argument? Uh, I'm in between, to be honest with you. I know the value and the importance of some of these young guys getting these reps, especially for the most part, those guys are going to be out there trying to win a football game in the preseason for you. So a lot of these guys are going to open up these coaches' eyes by what they do in training camp and those practices. So, you know, I understand that value, but at the same time, I look at Russell Wilson, and he needs to be ready. Like, this thing, this operation didn't look great on um, last Friday against Arizona. It looked like some guys still need a, a ways away, you know, to, to come along and, and get on this train. The train's leaving the station. Are you going to jump on, right? So I, I think you've got to find a way to massage the whole thing, Nate, where it doesn't need to be every single period of every single day as far as, you know, moving forward, Russ is going to get six, and then the twos are going to get four, and then the threes are only going to get two periods. But can we get one period a day? Can we get one period like that? Where, hey, Russ, you're going to get six in this, uh, you know, high red area. Or we're you know trying to throw touchdowns, and that's it for today. Every other period, we're going to split evenly. But tomorrow, there's going to be one more period. It might be inside run where you get six on that day, right? So I think you've got to find a way to massage this thing a little bit because training camp's over tomorrow. Well, Champagne was asked about practice reps for the QBs and how they'll change during the regular season. Here he is. When we get into the season, it changes completely. But right now, the rotation of the quarterbacks matches the rotation of the units, you know. And so a 12-play script would be 4-4-4-1s, four, 2s, four, and 3s. Four, and, and then, but you know, if we add numbers to that script. But, yeah, that'll gradually change after the preseason. Yeah, so if you, if you do say, hey, we're going to keep the ones out longer, it's not just Russell who's out there. It's, it's the big boys who may be... You're, you're trying to keep them on a pitch count, keep them fresh, keep them equal to all the other guys, too. It's the receivers. It's the tight ends and the running backs. So would you be concerned that you're overdoing it with those guys in the dog days of training camp or later? Heck no. Man, the body will respond, man. That's how the body is. I don't put on lotion, Nate. And the reason why I don't put on lotion is because I never have. But guess what? Moving here to Colorado in the altitude and it's drier, I don't look like I do. I look like I need lotion to you. No, no. I don't put on lotion every day at all i never do that i think the body responds to what you throw out there so if you're sean payton and tells those ones hey you got to go for six reps every single period you're going to respond i remember in 2012 we got peyton manning and it was this four four script on 12 plays each period and then one day peyton decided that he was done with that and he wanted to take more reps and guess what we got chewed out later on that day because our offensive line coach was like why is 18 in there and the one offensive line's not out there so they said, moving forward, when 18's in there, you guys better be in there or we're going to run you out to practice. So just like that, our reps went from four to six every single period. And I don't even think Peyton discussed that with the coaching staff. I just think that he did it. All right, well, what about a guy like Isaiah Prince, who is stuck in the de- down the depth chart and is trying to prove himself out there? What would limiting his reps in practice do to his prospects of not only making the team, but improving and being the type of player who can step in and play well if he needs to? There has been some injuries, right? We saw Isaiah Prince start this game last week for the Broncos. 
Uh, he got to get out there with the ones, you know, get that added benefit of guys that know what he they are doing. Where now you don't have to win because of him. You're going to win in spite of him in a situation like that because there's better talent that surrounds him. So a guy like Isaiah Prince, you got to make the best of each and every opportunity. Last week, you better not squander that opportunity when Mike McGlinchey goes down and now you're starting. You better capture that and make sure that you pop on the film and coaches look at you and say, this guy's not the problem. He could be a part of winning culture that we want to set here moving forward. Yeah, to me, you sort of know what you have in Russell Wilson. I mean, sort of. I mean, he has a body of work that lets you understand him as a player. There are a lot of players on this roster right now. You got no idea who they are. And you're trying to figure out, with the long view, who's going to be on this team going forward. It's not just about this season. It's about building this new culture and this new roster, right? And Sean Payne is trying to figure out who he has out there, and maybe there is a three who could end up someday being a starter. Maybe there's a two who he thinks is penciled in as a backup who's not going to make this team. Maybe there's a one who actually isn't going to make the team either. And how do you equally evaluate everybody on this roster unless you give them equal reps and equal opportunity to show it? And you're also moving guys on and off you know, between the twos to the threes and the threes to the twos, and some days the twos to the ones. When you're mixing and matching guys and moving them all across the board like that, isn't it important to have the same number of reps for everybody? No, because guess what? Even though the threes reps might go down in practice, they're going to go up in the game. Just watch each and every one of these preseason games. These backups are playing the most on each and every team when it comes to preseason games. So for me, I get what you're saying, Nate. But doesn't that make them better in the game if they can practice? Doesn't it actually set them up for failure if you're not practicing a lot, but then you throw them out in the games and you expect them to know what you're trying to teach? It sets them up for failure if you don't... That, if see, they don't get why, practice reps. Okay, so that's why for me, Nate, I've been saying, okay, I understand. You want to keep this thing as even as possible? That makes sense. But say there are five different periods in the course of a day that you're going to run out there at practice. Can we get one where Russ gets a little bit more? Can we get one period? Well, they the do other that, four. The the other four periods, you're perfectly fine. The other four periods, it's going to be 4-4-4. Four, four, four. It's giving those young guys the same opportunity. And guess what? They're going to give him more opportunities because they get more game reps. So they're still getting these opportunities when it's all said and done. It's the twos and threes that get absolutely dogged during training camps. It's never the ones that get dogged. The ones that day... Hat day. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're going to go out here. We're going to run around a little bit. We're going to be done after 15 plays. I'm going to throw a hat on, chew some sunflower seeds. Can't put, you know, can't put the hat on this year. You got to leave the shoulder pads on and all that. But your day's done. These guys are going to get those opportunities to get reps. It's finding a happy medium. And I think at this point, because of how training camp has been going and you're kind of to the back end of this thing, there's only two more days of, hey, you know, fans come out and hang out. I think that you should be changing a little bit. I think that Russ needs to be getting a little bit more reps behind closed doors if that's the case. I'm not saying take an all and we're now, hey, Ben DiNucci, you're going to go out there for the whole entire practice and only get 12 reps. No, because you're trying to make a football team and you're trying to make sure that when the spotlight's on you in these football games that you're able to to capitalize on that opportunity. Either way you slice it, it's the next, you know, this week and, and really only this week where this is really going to be relevant because this is the last preseason game where the starters are going to play. Presumably next week it's going to be all um, all the backups, all the twos and threes trying to prove that they belong on this team. And then you're going to start to dial in specific 
greater game plan periods, and you're going to start getting your ones ready. And when, once that last preseason game is over, you're still going to have two weeks before regular season starts, and that's when the ones are going to get the lion's share of the reps no matter what, right? Yep. That's when you dial in your game plan, and Russ is going to get should be getting all the reps at that point. And after that, the backups will be set, and they can study their playbook and take mental reps and get a few reps here and there. But it's the ones who are going to have to get ready for September to get 10th against the Raiders this coming week. Who do we have on the back end? Who's going to make this roster? That's going to be an interesting story to follow. All right, guys, we're here live from Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction, commercial general contractor specializing in tenant improvement and design-build projects for over three decades. That's Con, K-A-H-N.com. All right, guys, did Sean Payton yesterday tell the players on his team to get off his lawn? That's next.